0: All right, welcome to Look at My Records. I'm here doing a special couple of episodes previewing the wonderful North Jersey Indie Rock Festival. It's the third annual edition. It's taking place on October 6, 2018, at White Eagle Hall, right here in Jersey City. And I have one of the bands playing the festival with me today the royal arctic institute welcome guys hello hello Hello. how you doing today
1: fantastic
0: it's so great to have you guys we've been hanging out having some beers adult beverages Mm. eating some pizza i'd say that's a food for all ages Mm -hmm. not adults or children but it's great to have you guys here why don't you just take a second to uh, introduce yourselves and just say what instrument you play in the trio, this power trio. Uh, uh,
1: my name's Lyle, and I am the drummer.
2: I'm Jerry, I play bass. And I'm John, I play guitar.
0: So, you guys got together in 2017, right? 2016. 2016? Yeah. And you guys both have extensive, all three of you have extensive backgrounds in music. Lyle, you're in Das Damon. Gerard, you played in Phantom Tollbooth with uh, Rick, uh, Dave Rick, mm-hmm. and John, you have played with Rory Erickson before. How'd you guys all come together for this project?
2: Um, back in uh, January 2016, I had just gotten back from uh, a tour of Europe with this guy that I used to play with in Texas. And realized at the time, I had moved to New York a couple of years before and realized that I didn't really know anyone. And so right when I got back, I thought, if I'm going to start playing in New York, I'm going to have to go out and meet people. I wasn't doing a lot of that. So I went out one night. It was a, it was a very cold, snowy Tuesday night to a show in Brooklyn and met this guy named Matt Cohn. And we got into a conversation, and uh, he, he said, you know, you should meet my friend Jerry. And he gave me Jerry's email address. We started communicating, and then we met in person and really hit it off. And uh, it was pretty seamless after that. We started yeah. playing together, and then Jerry
3: brought Lyle into the fold, and voila. Yeah, thank you, Matt Cohn. Thank Matt, you, Matt. An old high school <laughs> friend. I, I go back way back with him. But um, yeah, so John and I connected, right, and got together a few times at your apartment mm-hmm. when you were living uptown. Mm-hmm. Uh, went swimmingly well. Yeah, yeah just great. Great players, chemistry, and I had always had in the back of my mind to work with Lyle. I've known Lyle since 1984, actually, when we. Got together through a Village Voice ad to play some music. Um, what? What did you guys ever play in a band together? Or no. At the time, Dave, Rick, and I were auditioning drummers for a band that would become Phantom Tollbooth. Um, yeah, you know, we jammed, but it was just like, eh. you know. But we just we became fast friends, though. Yeah, we played a
1: Stooges song. I remember that.
3: Yeah, and then and then we, you know, Dos da, Domans started to happen, and Phantom Tollbooth started to happen around the same time. When we got when John Coates came into the band, we played shows together, yeah. um, and you know we just uh, maintained the friendship. Um, but I hadn't seen Lyle for a very long time, and I guess was it I ran into you what 2011? I was playing with Doug Gillard for yes. a time. Uh, got it by voices. Got it by voices. I toured with him on and off for a few years, um, and we Lyle and I had, had run into each other in Brooklyn, and it just was always in the back of my mind to do something with him. And for whatever reason, I thought he would be perfect for this project. And I reached out to him, and you were a little free. You're like, well, I'm not sure this is my genre, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> what What made you think Lyle would be perfect? Because I think of Lyle, I think of Dust Damon, not really the, kind of the type of stuff that you guys play right now. Well, it's Dust Damon plus Dust Damon plus
3: Twenty Years. You know, I mean, you know, we we all evolve and yeah, as I, I players, and
1: yeah. And we jammed. You know, we we practiced once. And actually, I kind of just was more into it as the challenge. Like, let's make this uh, an instrumental thing. I've never been in an instrumental band. I was just coming off of uh, playing with Rebecca Odes and Charlie Gonza and Mam, and that was kind of on hold. So, and that was, you know, that was another trio of two songwriters with a lot of words. So when I got together with Leon and Smith, and we played I was like this just sounds beautiful why ruin it with a singer so (laughs) so boring singing so boring and you know I studied and I've been trying to you know play more than just what I've been playing the past couple of decades and uh, so I figured if I'm going to do this I'm going to put the time and effort into it I want it to be like learning a language and I want to learn something new and exciting and try to play outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and uh you know some songs you know hit hit in the sweet spot that we're all just like oh we got that in 10 minutes and some uh leon is definitely a, a gifted songwriter and uh he presents us with stuff and i got a i got a woodshed and it's awesome you know yeah that's
0: great and i'm sure you do get asked a lot why no singer did you guys originally envision it as an instrumental-only band or type of project, or did you just start writing songs and realize, we don't want to muck this up with someone's voice, or something like that? Have you ever tried to get more than three people together in a
2: room in New York City at the same time? <laughs> it's difficult. It's challenging. It's
0: challenging.
2: Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself. It, it, it wasn't really... A it wasn't really a conscious decision. I had just written all of this stuff and um, uh, I had sort of demoed it out at home in my home studio and then that was kind of what we started with. I mean, it wasn't really ever a question as to whether or not we would bring a singer in. You know, I mean, I I never say never, but it it feels like it really works the way we do it now, you know?
1: Yeah, and I'm really trying to the people, I think, expect uh, who know Jerry and I. I think they have certain expectations of what we're gonna, what we should be sounding like at this point in our lives. Yeah. You know, the genre might be called dad rock. And I want us to be the most undad rock sounding band possible. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was part of it. You're achieving that. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. You, you know, because <laughs> having a guy sing so- singing songs about, I don't know, raising kids or getting older. It's great. I love listening to records like that. I love reading books. I see movies. I'm obsessed with, obviously, all that because I'm in it, but I don't, I don't want that band. I didn't want this band to be that. I want this band to just be like, this is my new music. For me, anyway, it was like, this is my new musical project. This is a lifetime of listening that I'm going to bring mm. together and present, and if people like it, that would be sick, and if they don't, I don't care. You know, I mean, that was a us. beautiful
2: part about it, though. For us, I think—I mean, I think I can speak for all three of us. We had all sort of done this as a career for many, many, many years, and when we started this, unlike most of the things we had done before, we were in this position where we did not have to care if anyone liked it, and that brought so much more artistic freedom and, quite frankly, so much more joy. To what we were doing. There's a lot
3: of joy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of open space. Yeah. Uh, for each of us to venture out into. Um, the thing I like about this band most is that you know, I um, studied with some really good teachers about 10 years ago, and this is the first band where I've really been able to employ a lot of that learning. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's you know, to Lyle's point, and I. Probably, and I I agree with you that you know that we didn't want this to sound like a dad rock band. I will say I've never wanted any of my projects to sound
0: like dad rock bands <laughs> It's a good goal to strive I, for. I think some bands set so out for pure so dad rock. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's trendy now. It is yeah. very
1: trendy right now. I'd love to hear a song about aging again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But.
0: It's a, This originally started as just a recording project, or did you kind of set out like, hey, we'll record these songs if we play shows, that's cool. But you guys are definitely playing a lot of shows now. I don't think we ever even talked about it in the beginning. It just, we got together
2: and had fun, and it sounded, all three of us really liked how it was sounding, and, um, you know, uh, Lyle mentioned in an interview we did a little while ago that in the beginning, we, we really sort of set the bar really low. Yeah. And it was great because, you know, I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I'm, I'm happier with this group than I've ever been with any of the other stuff I've ever done, primarily because it's so easy. It's so easy. Well, you and guys natural. are a good
3: social hang too. So
4: you know, that's, yeah, like, yeah a we're at really the age.
2: To this. Yeah. We don't. We have no business being in a band with anyone that we wouldn't want to go din- to oh, dinner with. Don't. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, I think we were just kind of practicing, and uh, Tim Folion from uh, in a Two Dollar Guitar and stuff. He was booking uh, Issa's Gallery, and he was really trying to go for an avant-garde kind of booking strategy of like monday nights and bands that weren't really bands and people improvising and nobody went i mean that's why <laughs> you, i'm sure you didn't even hear about it because i don't even know if they were really allowed to do shows there so tim's like i was like i don't know tim we've only been playing for a few months or six months i don't remember it's not that long and tim's like no that's perfect oh yeah you should play right away and um mm-hmm. so we did and and we're like and i I kind of forgot the joy of playing live. I always love playing drums. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I like playing shows. Let's do that again. But again, we were... I was definitely... But it we're, it's tough because we don't really sit well with indie rock shows because we're quietish and easy to talk over. And we're not jazzy enough to be playing tiny jazzy places. Like Village Underground. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Just yeah. all those, those yeah. small jazz joints because we can't really call up and seriously be like we're jazzy you know so we're, it's we're a little uh, space rocky it's it yeah whatever genre we sit uh. in it's kind of like well how are we gonna what shows are we gonna work best on and, mm-hmm. and then, then it just became like oh yeah no shows because no one wants to book us so whatever shows we can get on I, we kind of just fall on to and and if you know, we kind of tailor it a little bit if we're playing in uh fairlawn new jersey maybe we'll play uh Dashes. maybe we'll play our louder show. Yeah, and if we're playing Fox and Crow, we'll try to play a quieter show. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we, we haven't hit that sweet spot, you know, of where, you, where you're we're getting there,
0: though. I yeah. think I saw five shows lined up for October, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's a lot of shows for one month. Yeah. Well,
1: it's album release month. You yeah. know, we're, we're old school dudes. Like I yeah. was like, we should be booking a tour, and then I was like, oh yeah, I, I have no idea how to book a tour in 2018. <laughs> and uh, so I just kind of just we just kind of rammed it home with, we'll play a lot around here, and uh, uh, John has a friend in Beacon, so we're going down there. And oh, I've that's got, wonderful. Yeah, I've got friends in North Carolina still, and I'm working on that this week. So you know, we'll we'll get out there. You know, this is our second album, and uh, we want people to hear it. And uh, so I guess we're, we're, we're,
0: we'll take it to the stage. Amen. Take it to the stage. I'll be there in the front row. But tell me about this new record. It's coming out in October on the great local label, Rhyme and Reason Records. For your first album, The Fresh Method, uh, I read you recorded at Nuthouse Studios in Hoboken. Did you return there to record or where'd you guys record it? And... What can people expect from this new record also what's it called
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we recorded we we recorded at uh kaleidoscope sound this time, but we did it with uh Tom bejou again
1: the water music uh, the fourth the fourth uh,
2: member of the, yeah you know, he really, the really is Art sort of Institute. like the fourth member he really true is. and uh, you know that this record and and the last one i think um I mean, they are what they are because of Tom. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of producers over the years who were just really grumpy and, and jaded and not very much fun to work with. And Tom is really joyful. He's a really um, yeah, he's fun. fun, jolly guy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, that had a workhorse. huge, he's a, yeah, he's a total workhorse that had an enormous impact on the on the on uh, the sessions that we had. And so the new record is called Accidental Achievement. Um, what can you expect from it? I don't know. (laughs) It's uh, it's a little bit spookier than the last one, I think.
3: A little more fleshed out, yeah. There's a lot
1: more pedal steel on it, a lot
3: more pedal steel.
1: Oh, yeah,
3: Yeah. I love pedal steel.
1: There's fretless bass, yeah. I was trying to remember why we called it that, and I remembered it It was uh, we got the Casingle Mastered and uh, Emmy. You know, so up until then, we've been picking and choosing who we're, you know, using for mastering and all that stuff. And Emmy was, uh, was like, oh, I got this great mastering guy. And on the remix of the single is a kind of uh, on the single it's a, of Russian Twist. It's a remix, by my buddy Alap. and uh, it's very bass heavy, and it's very bottom heavy, and uh, so the guy mastering it said, to the he kind of just said. I think they're trying to do this. He he couldn't figure out what we're trying to do. <laughs> so uh, you know, so that's how we got the right. got the album title, you know. And mm-hmm. uh but uh I I mean, I feel like it's album 2, but uh for a lot of people or, or no people, it's a debut and uh it's it's, it's just where we are. And uh, it's uh, at times uh considering the climate, at times there are songs that are surprisingly optimistic. Yeah, so, you know, that's that's what we need. That yeah, we need yeah. that. I need yeah. that. So. No, I get it. You know, besides Dad Rock, I get tired sometimes of hearing all the how messed up the world is. So we really end the album on an up note. I like
3: your reminders. Yeah,
1: <laughs> 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 of better times. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: another big difference is that the first record didn't have any overdubs. It was essentially us playing live in a room. Oh wow. And this is far more fleshed out and sort of orchestrated.
3: Yeah.
0: Interesting. Well. I definitely want to play some new songs from this new record. Is that cool, guys? Please. Yeah, Please do. You. And you. uh, anything you'd like to play in particular from the new record? How many mm-hmm. singles you're targeting?
1: Should we start? Do you want to hear sad or happy? Happy. We were yeah. talking about yeah. happy So hmm. right, So, uh,. Let's do... Uh, Northern, Northern, Northern Progress yeah. Exploration yeah. Company. Northern
2: Progress Exploration, Northern Exploration Company. Northern Progress
0: Exploration Company. Yeah.
2: Anything so, else?
0: Any other song? Um,
2: well, the the happy violin song is called The Lark Mirror. Right,
0: yeah.
1: And then That's the sad
2: heavy. violin song is called Raymond Roussel. Yeah, yeah.
1: right. Yeah, so yes, okay. so we had uh, Claudia. Do you know her? Claudia Chopik? She's Chopic? an old he's... Hoboken. She actually... Man, she actually lived next door to... Uh, in my building. She was a... a lived next door to me back in the 80s yeah and uh so she's actually playing violin on a few jams on this record so she's that's, amazing
0: that's awesome yeah. so we let's
1: got, we got some other crazy instruments on there uh, john played a
2: uh, mellotron i played mellotron my yeah. wife played bassoon oh wow um and then you know i i, I did uh a ton of pedal steel for this record 'Cause I didn't put any we didn't put any pedal steel on the last record. Like I said, just because it was sort of us playing live in a room, but mm-hmm. I now have my home studio set up where I can record remotely and so I wrote and recorded all the pedal steel at home.
0: Awesome. Nothing like a good pedal steel, man. Gotta yeah. say good sound of the pedal steel it's earned me
1: bring it anywhere it's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) i
2: it's it's a it's a monster to get around town but um it's earned me some good money over the
1: years (laughs) (laughs) where's the pedal steel app
2: someone yeah wouldn't that be great if i could just dial it in that's (laughs) what we
0: need someone in silicon valley if you're listening we need the pedal steel app but all right, let's let's hear some Royal Arctic Institute songs. We're gonna hear Russian Twists, which is the cassette single released on Rhyme and Reason Records. It came out last month, right? I believe
1: last month. Yes, but it, uh, mm-hmm. now we're now we're keeping it a secret because uh, it's part of cassettes. Day. Oh, it was
0: part of Cassette Store Day Which is
1: upcoming October or something and uh, that's, So it's our exclusive Cassette Store Day release So go get it, and then we're going to play two
0: songs from the soon-to-be-released record Second album by the Royal Arctic Institute What are they again? Northern... Northern Progress Exploration Company And one with some sweet violins Raymond Roussel Here you go, people This is the world premiere of those two songs, so enjoy them. you just heard three great Royal Arctic Institute songs. Thanks for sharing them. Two of them are on the soon-to-be-released second LP by the Royal Arctic Institute, which is dropping, what day again?
1: October 16th?
0: October 16th. Friday? Friday. 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 Friday October 16th. Everyone, phone race. Phone race. Friday, October 12th, it looks like. like. Oh. no. 19th. Oh. Yes. 19th Yes,
1: that's it. Okay, <laughs> exactly what I said.
0: Friday, October nineteenth. You can get the new Royal Arctic Institute album vinyl, that's vinyl CD. Nope. It, no CD. <laughs> You're screwed
1: if you want a fucking CD. Vinyl, and uh, if you want the download code, contact the label, and uh, of course, it'll be available digitally. And
0: of course, the label, Ryman Reason Records, Woohoo! based here in Hoboken, New Jersey. And we can't wait. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Emmy and everyone at Rhyme and Reason Records. Anne-Marie, Emily. You guys are killing it. You guys are great. (laughs) So now we're (laughs) transitioning to the second portion of the program where you guys pick some records, and we're going to play them. Let's start with Lyle. Uh,
1: (laughs) um, I picked a couple of records from my youth. Uh, I've got one of the singles by the Buzzcocks. They did near the uh, end of their first tenure as a band, because of course they've reformed and put out a bunch of records. But this is a, the Strange Things single, uh, which is backed by uh, Airwave, Airwaves Dreams. It's a Steve Diggle jam, so I'm being a little, I'm literally being the B-side guy by calling out the B side on this one this is uh what i've read is that the buzzcocks were doing a lot of drugs at this time so even in the midst of uh the drug state that they were in they were still writing great pop jams and timeless timeless songs and uh i really uh loved them then and i still love them now it's airwaves
0: dreams airwaves dreams by the buzzcocks and then it looks like Little uh, Ska
1: here. So yes, in this time of uh, not joy, I find myself <laughs> returning to Ska albums. The English Beat and uh, Madness. and But most importantly, the first album by the Specials. Uh, it's, it sounds fantastic. It was produced by Elvis Costello, as everyone knows. And when it came out, everyone gave it a hard time because it sounds... Uh, people said it sounded like garbage but uh i think the production has made it timeless it sounds like an indie rock record that could come out right now and uh it always puts me in a good mood to hear uh do the dog it's so, a great song Great so, album. Uh, you know when things are getting a little a little 2018 for me it's time to go ska so do the dog
0: me, me personally, Scott was a big part of my youth, but third wave, nope. so not as good, <laughs> not, not as timeless, I'd say. There, but
1: there is an advantage of being older than you, not see the specials and things like that. Yeah,
0: so. not like. Big D and the kids table (laughs) These other like random Scott bands that I loved when I was in high school That I don't listen to anymore And would not revisit I believe
1: you that they were bands
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go Lyle's picks Now Jerry you're up I'm up Well okay so I'm going to talk
3: about Richard Hell and the Voidoids Destiny Street Uh, Probably one of my favorite records of all time Still even now even though it's sort of be, it's after my beloved Ivan Julian on the first record, who was a great guitar player, I just happen to love this lineup. Um, I, everything about this band I love. I love the dueling guitars. I love Robert Quine. Uh, the, the record itself, just for me, it paints a very romantic picture of New York nightlife in the in the late 70s and early 80s, especially the song "Downtown at Dawn." Um, I also think that, I mean, if we're going to play a tune, play Time, just because...
0: Great song.
3: The guitar solos and that, if yeah. you don't cry, you're just dead I've cried. I have cried. <laughs> yeah, those, 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 that. I mean, it's kind of weepy guitar playing, and it's just so beautiful. And I really do miss Robert Quine. He left us a few years ago. Um, very interesting guy. He was a lawyer. Gave it all up for music. And uh, I don't think he passed the bar. nice but he wrote Tax Law I think something along those lines that's cool yeah interesting guy Um, I used to live around the corner from Richard Hell it was always fun to see him in the East Village
0: did you bump into him yeah I bumped into him on the street I was
3: always too afraid to talk to him yeah yeah. he's this towering hero you know for me he is
0: tall too right? he's very tall yeah I I would see him around
3: town in various situations too like just you know walking with his daughter you know that kind of thing but I never really talked to him Um, so great record and then I, I, not so randomly, pulled out Husker Du's Eight Miles High" because the thing I love about this song and the cover is that it it, it really represented a time when the hardcore guys were kind of reaching back to their rock roots. Yeah, and um, kind of validating because at the same time, uh, you know, I, I I'm sort of same age as these guys, and uh, you know, it, when I was in Phantom told we actually early on covered this song. We were a little bit we were kind of bummed uh, out when it, the single came out because it just kind of ruined our aspirations. To to cover it But it was also validating That people our age Were You know Kind of Loosening up From the hardcore rules And uh, Opening up their minds A little bit
0: And It's interesting That you say that How that Kind of happened For people Of that era We were We've been talking about Paisley Underground bands Clearly Influenced by A lot of the Sixties Psychedelic Mm -hmm. bands Like the Birds Mm -hmm. Eight Miles High Is a Bird Mm -hmm. song So what, what kind of spurred that on would you say?
3: well I, th- I think we grew up with it you know and and you know it it was rejected at a yeah, yeah. time when punk happened I mean I don't know I mean there, you would hear stories of people purging their record collections of all their rock records just selling <laughs> and just holding and just keeping their punk records I, I have to I'm guilty of that I did that I, the only records I held on to were my Zeppelin and Stones records. But, I mean, you know, it's funny. There was a period where people actually got really... They kind of proselytized the movement, you know. Um, Which is silly, but it's sometimes things that happen. It
0: seems like that
1: does tend to happen. Maybe it was even
3: necessary. I don't know. But, I mean, I bought all those records back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it seemed like... But also that the best bands of that time, Huskers and Minutemen, you could tell they had the best record collections. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, replacements and things. So, the... I think the bands that were locked in to that just sound, they, they didn't grow with us as humans.
0: And therefore, you know, not as remembered as yeah. Husker Do or the Minutemen or the Replacements, right. which are the gold standard. And they clearly drew from a variety of different influences. And they were
3: more transcendent. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right. Great talk right there. Great info. Mm-hmm. All right. John. All right. um, Well, first off,
2: you have an amazing record collection. Thank you. You know, like going through and picking one or two records was not only a lot of fun, it was really difficult. Um, So that said, I just realized that both of mine came out in 81. Oh. (laughs) So the first one is the Dead Kennedys uh, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables record and this has such a special place in my heart because uh, one of the first guitar teachers I had that was really, that really had an impact on me um, would come over to my house after school and we would sit and pick apart records that I really liked, and he taught me how to play every song on this record. All of wow. the East Bay Ray guitar parts. Who East Bay Ray, I mean, he's really sort of an unsung guitar hero, yeah. if you think about it. Um, and so, you know, of course this has Holiday in Cambodia and Kill the Poor on it, which are, you know, classics, but the the one that always really did it for me was Let's Lynch the Landlord. Such a great <laughs> tune, and it has it has just the way that it flows and the the, the way the keys change and it is just really has a special place in my heart. Great song. Um, Second record, uh, psychedelic first, talk, talk, talk. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in my heart that whatever you're listening to when you go through puberty really becomes sort of ingrained in your neurological pathways, right? Um, So when I was about 13... I went to see Pretty in Pink in the theater when it first came out. And uh, even now, I still get a little choked up every time I hear the tune. So, and the whole record's great. A few years back, they they celebrated the 30th anniversary of this record. They went on tour playing it in its entirety. And I, I went to that show and my God, talk about a band that's just not dialing it in. Yeah. They were amazing. So,
0: yeah, both of these records were really huge for me. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I'd like to note: is the original receipt in that? It I think sure that was purchased is. by my my late uncle Nick. In what date does it say on? Well, it? Well, it? it's from the Disco Mat. Oh my
4: god! <laughs> yeah.
0: One hundred and one East
2: Forty Second Street. Wow, that's crazy! And he paid four dollars and thirty two cents. Is is the
0: date on it too? I think. It's possible.
2: Uh no. No. It's not. Okay. Well no no no, I take that back.
0: Yeah. It'll just be numbers. Um, yeah.
2: It's uh April fifth, nineteen
0: eighty two. Awesome. So wow. shortly after it came out. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Great pick. Sometimes like I'll find the the original receipt from my uncle or my parents purchased it, so it's That's cool awesome. to see that. But um so here we go. We're gonna hear the Buzzcocks, the specials, Richard Hell, Hoosker Du. Dead Kennedys and Psychedelic Psychedelic
2: birds. Birds Pretty in Pink
5: donkey, the dog. don't get jerk the
4: dog. what she work for
5: time and time again I knew what I was doing time and time again
1: talk about my dog we don't want to talk about my kids people really want to hear that
0: all right we're back royal arctic institute thanks for those awesome picks, and thanks for sharing stories behind them you guys all had really great stuff to say about each of those selections great work
1: anytime anytime
0: so we're wrapping up now but just want to give everyone some information parting information again that new royal arctic institute record comes out on october 19th i'm sorry what's it called again accidental achievement accidental achievement on rhyme and reason records you guys also have a bunch of shows coming up in addition to the north jersey indie rock festival on october 6th you'll also be playing with yawn mower and problem people and this bliss on october 18th at pianos one of the like last places that plays like good live music in the lower east side i'd say unfortunately well
1: we got another one in uh, new york city
0: yeah in the uh you got the royal arctic institute that's you guys with wharton tears ensemble and the wiremen at the nest in brooklyn that's gonna be an instrumental fest oh nice that's exciting. October twentieth, you're playing at Guitar Bar Junior, which is a guitar bar in Uptown Hoboken. Is that on Twelfth Street?
1: I yeah, believe. I think so. So those three shows are record release. That's our record release tour. That's what we're calling it. Awesome. Three shows, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're really branching out because we've got the the New York, the Brooklyn, and the Hoboken. So we're very, very excited about that for Record Release Week. Very
0: exciting. And then on November 9th, you guys are heading to Beacon, New York, right? That's Beacon, New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. we're playing Quins. at Quinn's. Beacon is just a beautiful,
1: yeah. beautiful yeah. little yeah. place. If you it, haven't seen us enough, you should schlep up to there. And <laughs> yeah. it's up there, At least you get some nice foliage <laughs> on the way. It's beautiful. The, the
0: foliage <laughs> will be in full force by then. Yes. November 9th, yep. Yep. get, yep. get, get it in. The get, foliage get that foliage. Step on some leaves. (laughs) Hear them crunch in New York State. And then November 11th, you're playing with Sleepyhead and Antietam. Antietam, yes. I love Antietam.
1: And that's at the... Bowery Electric. Yep, so New York City again. Yeah. We're at Friend the Palooza. That's what that one's called, and it's going to be super fun. And I know Antietam is on a tear to get people to on down to that one as they want to keep shows in new york city going yeah it's
0: important i think it's very important Bowery electric one of the last places that continues to host good shows so you guys can check out the royal arctic institute at any of those dates specifically come out to the north jersey indie rock fest at white eagle hall on Saturday, October 6th. It is I'll, our
1: first festival date.
0: That's exciting. Yes. Milestone for the group. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: What I'll, are we going to wear?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Button ups all around. <laughs> Bibs. <laughs> Tuxedos. <But laughs> that sounds good. Guys, thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Everyone much. will see you at the North Jersey Indie Rock Fest again on October 6th. And we're going to close the program playing... The first track on the B-side of your debut cassette, The French Method, and this one's called Baroque's Mic Drop. All right.